The Graphic Possibilities Podcast is the official podcast of the Graphic Possibilities Research Workshop at Michigan State University. This is a graduate research workshop in the Department of English that engages with comics through two interrelated branches, critical inquiry and engaged pedagogy, led by Professor Julian Chambliss and graduate coordinators Justin Weigard and Nicole Huff. This season, we will be speaking with comics educators, makers, and scholars from around Michigan State University in a monthly podcast series. Given our distance this fall, we wanted to bring the conversation right to you, bridging the gap in space through the digital medium. In this episode, which we recorded back in November of 2020, we speak with Eric Berlatsky and Sika Dekbo V. Mullins, co-editors of the edited collection Mixed Race Superheroes, out now from Rutgers University Press. Eric Berlatsky is Professor of English, Associate Dean of Graduate Studies, and Director of the PhD in Comparative Studies at Florida Atlantic University. He is the author of The Real, The True, and The Told, Postmodern Historical Narrative and the Ethics of Representation from The Ohio State University Press in 2011, and is also the editor of Alan Moore Conversations from University Press of Mississippi in 2012. He has also authored or co-authored articles on The Flash, Black Lightning, and Moon Girl, Miss Marvel, Superman, Spider-Man, and the villain Vermin, Watchmen, Posey Simmons' Gemma Bravery, Hanif Qureshi's The Black Album, Dickens' David Copperfield, Paul Auster's Ghosts, Narrative Frames, and other stuff, most of which has found its way into the books. Sika Dekmovi Mullins is Associate Professor in the Department of English at Florida Atlantic University, where she specializes in modern and contemporary African-American literature and critical mixed race studies. She is the author of Crossing Black, Mixed Race Identity in Modern American Fiction and Culture from University of Tennessee Press in 2013 and co-editor of Mixed Race Superheroes. Her articles have appeared in journals such as African-American Review, The Journal of Popular Culture, and Palimpsest, a journal on women, gender, and the Black International. This episode was recorded with special guest host, Ronnie Ford, graduate student of the English department. Thank you, Sika and Eric, for joining us to talk with uh, the Graphic Possibilities podcast about your upcoming book, Mixed Race Superheroes. And uh, to kick things off, could you tell us a bit about yourselves and your work in comics, and then maybe kind of tell us a little bit about how mixed race superheroes spun out of that? Sure. So um, I teach uh, and specialize in African American literature, modern and contemporary African American literature, um, and one of my uh, other specializations is critical mixed race studies. Um, and actually, all of the work that I've done in comics has been with uh, my colleague and friend, Eric. So we have um, co-written, oh gosh, Eric, three, um, three articles or chapters together on comics, one on- Is it two chapters and one journal article? Is that right? Marvel on black superheroes and on Vermin Spider-Man. Um, and so this is our fourth kind of collaboration, um, uh, the book. Um, and so maybe, maybe we can talk about how it came to be, but. Yeah, so I, uh, my history with comics goes back uh, further <laughs> as, with, as with many of us. Um, it goes back to when I was a child. I don't know exactly when I was first reading comics, but um, so my official uh, specialization, uh, so both of us are English professors at Florida Atlantic University. 
Um, when I was hired, I was hired as a world literature specialist, which my daughter always makes fun of me because that's supposed to mean I know everything about literature around the world, which is uh, obviously ridiculous. But, um, but my work, my initial work, uh, my research was in postmodern historical narrative. That's what my first book is about. It's mostly a postmodern historical fiction and it's mostly prose, but I did write a chapter in that, uh, in my dissertation, which then became my book on Art Spiegelman's uh, graphic novel, Mouse, which is probably the most well-known graphic novel out there. And, and at that time there really wasn't much you could write about kind of respectably uh, as a comic scholar, uh, other than you know, Mouse and a couple other things. So I wrote a chapter about Mouse and its treatment of history. And, that, and that's kind of how, um, so at that time I was just reading comics on the side. It wasn't really my academic pursuit. There really wasn't a lot of space to write a dissertation about comics at that time uh, in the late nineties, early 2000s. But I wrote a chapter about it and uh, that kind of spun out. I, I'm actually a student of mine. saw I had a Superman watch, uh, which I've since lost, but anyway. Uh, and he said to me, oh, you should teach a class on comics. And I was like, well, just because I have a watch, it <laughs> doesn't really mean anything. But anyway, that put a bug in my ear. And so I started to construct syllabi and courses uh, teaching comics, which kind of then led me back around to, to writing about uh, and publishing and comics. So I... Uh, so I've been working mostly in comic studies really for, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe the last decade. Um, well, that's not quite right. Maybe five, six years. I've been, been mostly doing comic studies. And um, so I went to the University of Florida Comics Conference um, several years ago. Uh, I guess it was 20, I think it was 2016. And I gave a paper, which was actually about racial diversity in, uh, in superhero comics. And I talked to a colleague, Jessica Baldonzi, who's a comic scholar who was delivering a paper about Ms. Marvel. And she was putting a book together about Ms. Marvel. And she asked after seeing my paper, which Ms. Marvel got a mention, <laughs> she asked me if I would be interested in contributing. And so I went back to I was going to say I went back to Florida, but of course, University of Florida is in Florida, but <laughs> I went back to South Florida and I started to work. I, I had an idea of kind of what I wanted to work on and what I wanted to say, but my field, my field of expertise is not um, race in America. Um, most of my work was in British post-colonial studies side. So there was obviously race studies involved, but not specific to the U.S. So I kept asking Sika basically for references and for help to find things because Sika and I are friends going way back. We both were hired in 2004. So I kept asking Sika for help and references and stuff. And then I was like, well, this is kind of stupid. If you're providing all, <laughs> all the references and the theory, then maybe we should just write the, the thing together. And uh, she was uh, willing. So, so that's kind of how she got roped into my field and I got roped into her field. You know, her first book is on mixed race studies. I had never really done any work in that area. Um, so we kind of combined our... Uh, sorry, I said, you see who's the most verbose between the two of us. Hair can go on and on. I'll jump in and say that, that yeah, that, that Miss Marvel, um, uh, Miss Marvel Kamala Khan, um, it's published in Miss Marvel's America, No Normal. I think from, what is it, 2019? Um, was my entryway into comics. I mean, actually, uh, I mean, aside from reading like Archie comics when I was a kid, 
you know, randomly, um, Eric gave me these comics and was like, hey, you want to write this together? And um, so goes it. <laughs> After that, um, we, you know, I, I started, uh, the only kind of real comics I'm reading now are um, Moon Girl, which we, um, you know, we wrote, we co-wrote something that discusses Moon Girl and Black Lady. Um, and I'm now, now Eric is, we've introduced each other to other fields. Now I'm, I'm currently writing uh, like a, something on Goldie Vance, which is a kind of adolescent graphic novel comic book. So um, yeah, that's kind of how we kind of came together and continued on. Wonderful. Um, thank you both for sharing all of that. That's really illuminating. And I also kind of wonder, since you have talked about how you both kind of got into comic studies and like the different mo moments and different sort of driving forces that brought you into the field and also into each other's fields. I'm wondering um, what you think that comics have to kind of teach us about the current moment or potentially about ourselves which um, I think I kind of saw a little bit of that in the introduction. Um, and of course, like the relevance of the topic and being on mixed race superheroes is of course going to be tied to like our reality as well. So I'm kind of wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that connection between, um, between comics and what they have to teach us about the current sort of moment. I think I'd say um, might seem obvious, but I think certainly, in particular, the comics that that I read and I'm interested in, and that that we, um, you know, that our anthology covers, um, reveal to us like how far we've come. Um, I'm talking about the racial landscape, right, of the United States, but really how far we have to go, right? And so, um, you know. Our, our, our anthology is kind of interested in the ways in which um, stereotypes of racial mixedness kind of play out, right, in these um, various texts, right? So we look at um, film, television, um, comics, obviously, and even a, uh, there's a one chapter on, on, on poetry that, talk about, uh, that talks about superheroes. Um, and I think one of the things uh, that it reveals to us is kind of the, um, the subtle, sometimes not so subtle, nuanced um, ways in which our nation remains preoccupied and obsessed with racial mixing and, um, and mixed race people, consciously and unconsciously. Um, and so I think we hope, um, that, you know, now I'm, I'm talking more about our book, but I think that, um, comics and popular cultural texts, right? Often reflect, reflect, you know, act as mirrors, reflect back to us, right? Um, uh, you know, uh, in terms of, of race, which is my, um, you know, critical uh, uh, race theory is one of my um, specialties, reflect back to us um, who we are and um, our desires, our fears, who we hope to be and, um, you know, our anxieties. Um, so I, I think that's what it kind of teaches us. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think what is saying is, is, is basically, you know, what you could say about any cultural product, right? You can look at a cultural product of a particular moment and, and it tells us something about the people producing that product. It's like basic Marxism or whatever, base superstructure. But the, uh, and, and then, you know, I guess on the side, this isn't, this isn't, 
comics question per se, but I guess it's, you know, superheroes are often conflated with comics, right? So, so you know, superheroes in particular tell us something about America. They're particularly American phenomenon, this kind of obsession with power, strength, um, uh, kind of wish fulfillment fantasies. Um, and, and it's like the most basic thing anyone ever says about superheroes. So it's not, it's not really what the book is necessarily preoccupied with, but um, in, in that sense, superhero comics and other products, because our book is not just about comics, it's about superhero movies, film, et cetera. Um, they, they tell us something that is peculiarly, which is a hard word to say, uh, American, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you both address the question that way, I was really struck by the breadth of essays within the, the collection. Um, even, even beginning with, with the introduction, your introduction is so comprehensive and really, really insightful. But uh, I was also thinking about some of the essays within like Sika, even yours that, that addresses Spider-Man Homecoming and also the comic that originated with it. And some of the through lines, you know, later on, there is the chapter that talks about the Hulk and Venom, you know, which is sort of connected to that. And also, um, I know that there's a, a chapter in there about Steven Universe as well. Um, I think maybe a, a, another, I guess, related question is, are there any particular chapters in your book? Uh, and I'm sort of thinking about, um, you know, a lot of would-be comics educators and, and scholars, are there any chapters in the book that you feel might be particularly uh, accessible to undergraduate students or something, or that might teach particularly well in the classroom setting? I know that's a little bit far outside of what we normally do with these edited collections, but I think that there's a lot of really great material here that, um, you know, we kind of want to pass on to students and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is maybe obvious response. <laughs> One thing that comes to mind is certainly the introduction, right? Which um, is uh, maybe, you know, not standard in the sense that we don't just, you know, we give an overview of the idea, but we also offer um, some close readings of, of, of film, pretty contemporary films from 2018, um, Aquaman and um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, but I'm thinking about in terms of like undergraduates, um, uh, Let's see here. The um, I think um, uh, Santos is the talented talented tensions and revisions the narrative devil consciousness of Miles Morales, um, which is on um, very briefly discusses into the Spider Verse, but uh, focuses on um, representations of of Morales and comics. Um, I think what also comes to mind is, um, you already mentioned it, is um, Collins's uh, essay on um, Steven Universe. So decolonial de uh, de hybridity in the queer cosmic future in Steven Universe. Um, and I, I mentioned those uh, because um, the ways in which they, I don't know, Eric, if you wanna kind of jump in, but they draw upon, I mean, all of our essays, honestly, kind of draw upon, um, you know, really seminal theoretical texts um, that uh, in critical mixed race studies. But um, I suppose I, I thought about those in terms of their range of going outside of, um, right? So um, the, the Santos essay um, and its connection to Du Bois' um, theory and the souls of black folk, 
of double consciousness. So giving you this kind of historical kind of sense of, of dualness and duality that's certainly obviously connected to um, uh, dual identities and, and racial mixture. And, um, and uh, the, the, the post-colonial queer reading that Collins offers, I, I think offers, or, uh, you know, um, would be, um, you know, interesting and, uh, um, you know, serve, I think, uh, you know, um, undergrads interests, right, in terms of seeing connections between racial identity and other subjectivities. Um, Eric. Yeah, so I was going to say Santos chapter, I mean, because I teach my, I teach those early volumes of Miles Morales when I teach superheroes and in a way that <laughs> students like them for a variety of reasons. I mean, uh, we have a very diverse student body in, in at Florida Atlantic. So, you know, it's meaningful to them to see uh, a black superhero. So some, some of the superheroes that we discuss or at least, you know, most comic book, most popular comic book superheroes are, are white. You know, we talk about that and they, they all go, you know, most of them go back to the sixties or, or back to the thirties and forties. And so, you know, I think it's important for that reason, but, but those, those early Miles Morales comics, they're easy reading, you know, and, and they're very engaging reading, but they, they don't necessarily give off the, I'm trying to be complex, uh, which is something like Watchmen, right? It's like kind of showing off being complex. But so something like Santos's essay, which itself is very readable, it kind of gives a sense of, well, actually there's a lot more going on here under the surface in terms of its treatment of race in America and the complexities of being a mixed race uh, person, nonetheless a mixed race superhero, um, th then maybe meets the eye. And so I think that's that's helpful for under, you know, undergraduates um, obviously some undergraduates are very capable of very complex reading, but, you know, I think it's helpful to, it, a text that seems simple to kind of reveal the ways in which you can talk about, uh, much more complex issues, um, in, in what seems like a fairly simple, straightforward, basic coming of age superhero story. Um, I think that's useful for undergraduates. And I guess I, I would think of the Hulk and Venom chapter in a, in a similar way where the Hulk is a in particular, well, Venom too, I'm just too old, but you know, Hulk and Venom are both very kind of popular uh, and they seem very kind of straightforward monster, kind of monster stories. And you wouldn't necessarily immediately think of them in this kind of context. Um, and so it's, I think it's helpful to kind of have an essay that can bring that out to talk about text you might read anyway, you know, the Hulk is a kind of foundational figure, but um, maybe not everyone has thought about it in this way. Thank you. Um, that is incredibly helpful. And I'm also really happy to hear you both talk about um, giving credit to, you know, undergrad students, both in terms of like their interests, but also in terms of their experiences, because so many undergrads do and are surrounded by not just superhero, uh, superhero popular culture writ large, but, you know, they have all these varied literary experiences and varied, you know, cultural experiences as well. And so uh, along those same lines, kind of an extended question, do you have any insights or advice to comics educators in trying to teach comics um, writ large, whether it's practical insights or maybe favored readings that you like to do or like, you know, particular lesson plans that always kind of seem to fall into your classrooms or something? Not really. I mean, just, you know, I'm, my mind is trying to think, I mean, right now I'm teaching 
not comics, but um, in my Florida Women Writers class, I'm teaching Lady Hubbard's The Talented Ribicans, which um, uh, is a novel in which um, uh, this Black family, many members of this Black family have super powers or super talents. Um, and so in teaching the, that novel, I, I've um, drawn from uh, Nama's Black superhero text, trying to make these kind of connections about, um, Nama has this, uh, um, in his introduction talks about how, you know, how Black superheroes, um, uh, right, represent the dreams, uh, you know, the dreams, the desires, and the kind of um, projections of, of, of Black folk, right? And that they tell us something about our contemporary moment. And so I have found that text to be helpful in terms of thinking about literal or more kind of uh, metaphoric um, um, super heroics in, in literature. Um, but I don't teach comics like Eric does. So that's my, that's my one stab at, at that question. Eric, you could probably- Yeah, I mean, yeah, thanks, Tico. It was good stalling for me to come up with an answer to this question. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I guess the thing I would say is, you know, when I, for a long time, I just taught quote unquote literature prose for the most part, and occasionally I teach a comics text. And so the, the biggest shift for me, you know, is to just, to, when I'm teaching comics, is you really, for me, especially because I'm an English professor teaching mostly English majors. So, you know, the, the process by which you write about visual text um, and comics in particular is, is different than when you write about um, prose. So, you know, I have students read, I have undergraduates read Understanding Comics. I have grad students read it too. I have under, and I also have grad students read like System of Comics by Theory Gronstein, which is, you know, just kind of more jargony, uh, <laughs> but, but then there's kind of more, there's, there's kind of additional kind of formal characteristics of comics that, uh, and so I try to, you know, I do that at the very beginning of a, of a semester. And then I try to have students say, okay, choose one. I, I make, make an outline of, of McLeod and say, okay, choose one kind of formal element that McLeod um, discusses and apply it to whatever it may be. So like first time I taught, um, First time I did comics at all, I had them apply it to a crazy cat page, which crazy cat is also interesting from a racial point of view. But uh, and, and then more recently, I've had them do it for Will Eisner's Contract with God, just the first story, just a short story um, where they, they say, uh, I'm going to choose this one formal feature and I'm going to apply it to this thing. And, and then I have students um, sign up throughout the semester so that ev every single text we read, there's at least a couple students who are going to write a short paper that kind of analyzes that text through the prism of some kind of formal element of comics as defined by McLeod or by someone else. I just created like a long list of them for students so they can just choose them. And then, and then you know, I, I didn't, you, I mean, I guess just cause I'm, I'm old, like I said before, that I didn't really used to use a lot of PowerPoints or, or visuals in class. But of course, if you're gonna teach comics, you kind of, you kind of have to, you know, you show people like, you know, this isn't just a story that progresses linearly, like there's also thought going into how a page is organized, right? Uh, how a page is constructed, how, you know, a, there's ostentatious page breakdowns or there's more covert ones and there's symmetrical people. So just so that students are not just thinking about 
like I try to emphasize them, like you have to think about all the things you would think about for literature, like plot, character, point of view, blah, 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 all those things, those are all relevant. But then you also have to think about page breakdown, um, what type of line is being used, coloring, you know, all this stuff. Um, and I have students practice that with short papers on, on that they then read aloud to the class or present to the class so that students can see how one another is doing, uh, you know, what they're doing to point out things they wouldn't necessarily have seen themselves. Um, just as practice for then they're gonna, you know, when they're writing their longer papers or analyzing it, they're not thinking only in terms of kind of liter literary approaches. Although those approaches are perfectly fine. Like I don't really have a problem with students focusing on those things in their papers, but they should also at least be thinking about and considering um, things that are more specific to comics. Yeah, I just thought of something while you were talking. I was like, yeah, actually, no, I do teach. I, I, I teach Matt Johnson's Incognito and um, Kyle Baker's Nat Turner in my African American literature class. And one thing I just thought about, like, that has been very helpful, I think, is the visual, obviously, the visual aspect of, of these graphic novels or comics. And um, I find that undergraduates um, find it easier, or at least are more confident about analyzing something visually um, than they are in terms of doing a close reading of a paragraph and in a text. And so um, I, I find it kind of a useful tool, tool in terms of, you know, I mean, what, how, we, how we analyze um, art or the visual, right? There are parallels with, um, with literature. And so taking that steps and, and building that confidence in terms of what they see on the page visually um, and making that translate to latter text that we read. Um, you know, it's, these are not in comics classes, but this is in a text where I teach one. I think, it, um, I think it's really kind of helpful um, in terms of like honing those uh, uh, close reading skills. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I was thinking as you were both talking about, it seems that you both kind of share this very necessary kind of hands-on approach of teaching comics, like putting the visuals up on the board in front of everyone to see and talk about at the same time. And I was also very struck, um, Eric, by how many different sort of levels of engagement you talk about with your students and like writing papers and sharing them in front of the class to the other students. It seems like there's a lot of work going in to highlighting how important it is to work with comics at multiple levels and multiple junctions. And I'm wondering as a result, like where that has my brain going is I'm kind of wondering if either of you um, have implemented in your own classrooms or if you know of any other comic scholars who are doing things specifically with like comic making as a way of learning and engaging with the idea of close reading comics. Um, I know that uh, we have some people here at MSU who do stuff like that. Um, and mostly, I, I've always kind of thought it was a really interesting and frankly wonderful idea that um, I hope to use in my classroom someday. And so I, I tend to like to ask this question very much to gain as much insight on it as I can. So yeah, this is something I hadn't really done much. I did last time I taught, um, I think it was the last time I taught a graphic novel class so not last spring, but the previous spring, I had students who, you know, that they could write a conventional paper for their final project, but I also allowed them to make a comic um, modeled on something we had read. Um, so the style and the, and the form 
um, was supposed to be modeled on something we had read. And then they had to write like a short paper describing like, why did you make the choices you did in making this, this comics? Um, I mean, I can't really make comics. So I was like amazed at how, how some of them were really, I mean, some of them were like stick, literally stick figures on lined paper. Um, so they really weren't like preoccupied with the, with the, um, the, like the beauty of the end product. They were just trying to kind of show how they would do it. But some students really did some uh, amazing work. One of, one of them was published in the literary magazine, uh, which I thought was pretty, pretty cool. And, uh, and it was really interesting stuff. You know, I had them read um, Here by Richard McGuire, which I don't know if you know this graphic novel, but it's just kind of, it's all, the, the setting is all one room, and, but then each page takes place at a di in a different year, except that within each page, some, there's a bunch of inset boxes that all are at different, uh, different years. So it's basically one space in all these various times and uh, takes place in New Jersey. But anyway, they, you know, there's not really much of a story to it. It's, a, it's more just a kind of exploration of form, space and time and, uh, and history passing. And I got some really, really cool <laughs> comics um, that were kind of trying to play with that um, idea of form. So, um, so yeah, I've done, I've done a little bit. I, I don't consider myself an expert at making comics, but, um, but some of my students did some pretty cool stuff. So I, I would definitely do it again. That's really exciting to, to me. Um, I hadn't come across that, that graphic novel and a, a quick Google makes it look like something I need to purchase like right now because I'm really excited. Well, it's about pretty awesome. And it's based on this, it was, it was like a six page or eight page strip that was published. Um, you know, it was like an underground comic like in the, in the late eighties, I think, okay. which he then blew out and made it. So that was it, like, it's the original comic is listed in comics journals 100 greatest comics from whenever it is that they published that which is maybe mid 90s or something um mm. but then the guy blew it out into an entire graphic novel it's pretty it's pretty amazing that, yeah that that sounds really fantastic um lastly to to kind of tie all this back together um I am hoping that each of you could uh, tell us just a tiny bit more about mixed race superheroes. Um, could you maybe give us like one main idea or maybe just one cutting room floor component of mixed race superheroes that we didn't get to yet? Like one thing that you want audiences to come away with after reading the book? Um, I think one thing is, you know, the persistence of, um, the, the book as a whole is interested in the persistence of stereotypes of racial mixedness, right? The way in which um, mixed race people have been valorized um, or demonized in um, historically and in popular culture. Um, and so I'd say as a whole, the chapters majority of the chapters demonstrate um, how these uh, stereotypes persist and how they get recycled in the 21st century. And I, I guess um, the thing that uh, made the project make sense to me is the degree to which um, superheroes have always had this link to ideas of racial purity 
So um, as, as we talk about in the introduction, you know, uh, the original Superman, he doesn't get his powers from the yellow sun as we all uh, learned when we were children, but the original Superman, everyone on Krypton, Krypton or Krypton, depending on if you're Marlon Brando or not, you know, they, they all have powers and, and, it's, and it's attributed to a kind of um, evolution which um, is linked to this kind of eugenic idea, like they've, they've been bred. And so the very first superhero, although that's debatable, but Superman is typically taken to be the very first superhero and Superman is kind of linked to this Nietzschean idea, which Nietzsche also has some moments where he's kind of dabbling in eugenic thinking. And of course he was adopted by the Nazis, right? So, you know, the idea of superheroes is already linked to this notion of racial purity. The, the other obvious example that, that we discussed in the introduction is, is the Ku Klux Klan as masked vigilantes who see themselves as meeting out justice and justice typically means preventing racial mixing. So, you know, if, if superheroes have this history of being linked to um, the kind of policing racial purity or being a representative of racial purity, then it becomes very interesting that, <laughs> and, and maybe even problematic, how we are still obsessed uh, with the idea of superheroes and how superheroes take this central role in American culture. And, and then Asika points, but then also Asika points out like superheroes often have this, we make a long list of them in the introduction, this, this kind of component of being considered to be mixtures of something, you know, not always racially mixed, but mixtures of something, whether it be alien and human or Amazon and human or, or whatever, uh, Atlantean fish person and, and human, you know? So, so mixing is part of it and then purity is also part of it. And, um, and so that makes it very kind of interesting to explore the connection between these ideas, right? Racial mixedness and, and superheroes because they are already always already kind of there's an that intersection exists whether we talk about it or not and so it seems worthwhile to kind of flesh it out and show why it's so important to the idea and and therefore maybe kind of important to our culture yeah and i was i was so impressed with how many of the chapters including you know the intro and each of your individual contributions also kind of walk that line of of calling out both seek uh, as you pointed out like that valorization and the demonization that that comes with a lot of these these mixed race superheroes and characters and how there there was such care and nuance devoted to so many of the topics um and i'm uh i know i for one am just really excited for this book to come out uh when do you think it's uh, this should be coming out uh, sometime in 2021 but the book is april 2021 is that correct it's slated for April 2021. It's Rutgers University Press. Um, on schedule? One week ahead of schedule when, when last we heard, uh, yeah. whatever that means. Available <laughs> on Rutgers University Press website and Amazon and your local bookstores, we hope, who <laughs> might carry it. All right, wonderful. Uh, lastly, uh, because we like to give uh, an additional spotlight uh, to, to all of our guests. Um, do you have any other additional projects coming out that we can look forward to or anything else that you might want to plug? Um, obviously, Mixed Race Superheroes, Rutgers 2021, but anything else on the horizons from each of you? I'll just say that we have a um, we have another co-written piece that just came out in, um, in uh, American uh, Imago, um, which is the special edition is called Comics on the Couch. 
Um, and we are going to be presenting on that on a panel at MLA, um, obviously virtual this uh, January. I think it's our panel is called Comics on the Couch. Is that right, Eric? Sounds right. Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. I'll, I'll co-sign that. Yeah, well, that's that's out in um, a uh, it's the current um, yeah it's the current issue which is fall twenty twenty. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know if the I haven't gotten a physical copy yet, but the electronic like you can get it on Project Muse or whatever. Yeah. And then and then we th this year I think is this year right both of these things or maybe it was the very end of last year we the Ms. Marvel book that we published a piece in uh, and also. Um, the, there's a book on, now I'm going to forget the name of the book. So you got the whiteness book. Um, okay, unstable. Oh, Unstable Masks. Oh, right. yeah. But right. yeah, Sean, MSU's very own Sean right. Gines. Right. <laughs> Sean Gines and, and uh, Martin Lund, Martin Lund. Are, are the co-editors. And we have a piece in there about um, whiteness and the black superhero, essentially, uh, mostly about the Black Lightning and uh, Moon Girl. But some other superheroes are... Black Panther gets discussed a little bit too, so. Wonderful. Uh, thank you both for such an incredible conversation and taking the time to be with, be with us here today. It was very illuminating. And as Justin has said many times, we're really looking forward to uh, um, reading a physical copy of this book. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I gotta say, I like reading the advanced readers copy, but I really just want like that book so I can put it on my shelf. <laughs> We're looking forward to it too. No, not at all. I mean, not. <laughs>